On the Healthy Human Revolution podcast, Dr. Lori Marbus interviews nutrition and lifestyle medicine experts and extraordinary guests whose informative and inspiring stories will empower you with the knowledge to transform your life and health. Welcome to the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. I'm Dr. Lori Marbus, and today I'm super excited to introduce and welcome Dr. Stephen Esser. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thanks for the chance to join you today. Well, I'll tell you, you've been in this place of lifestyle medicine and healthy eating way longer than I have. So I'm really excited and eager to learn about your family history, your journey, all of these amazing things. And if anybody wants to, on a quick note, it's called EsserHealth.com. You can learn more about Dr. Esther and everything, but we'll have all the links in the show notes below. But Dr. Esther, can you please at least start with us and tell us where did Esser Health come from? Like, where was the, the seeds of that first sprouted, so to speak? Well, I'm a fourth generation plant-based guy, which is obviously a little bit odd in this world today. Uh, but my great-grandfather, William Esser, um, had a bunch of health problems. And so he started researching kind of the past and being like, well, what could help me? What could cure me? And he started looking at different uh, people who had written books and authors, people like Father Kneipp with his water cure out of Germany back in the 1800s, et cetera. And, and showing how people would eat fruits and vegetables, exercise, do a little water fasting and get healthy. And he thought, well, I'm going to try that for me. And so he picked up his family from downtown Pittsburgh, moved out into the countryside a little bit, planting mulberry trees and putting a little grass tennis court in in their lawn and getting exercise, getting outdoors and eating fruits and vegetables. And he got healthy and his children were healthy. And the friends and family who did the same thing got healthy. And he thought, wow. And so he encouraged my grandfather, William Esser, to go off to a naturopathic college, the New York College of Naturopathy in Manhattan back in the day, 1920s. And uh, so there he got an ND and a DC, right? And learned all about the powers of food and movement and modalities to improve human health. And then he started running what was Esser's Ranch. First started in uh, New England and then moved to South Carolina and then moved to Florida in the 1940s. And there he ran on 10 acres of mango farm, a big organic farm, uh, a health ranch where 30 people at a time could come and stay and juice and therapeutically detox and fast and get exercise and lay in the sunlight and solariums and eat organic healthy food. And miracles happened. And so wow. I grew up at this land of miracles. I, we had a, a, you know, a three generation home. We all lived in the same home together. So it was cool. So I grew up my grandfather right there with me and, um, you know, grew up playing in the mango trees at the ranch. And uh, it was just amazing to grow up there, carrying water to people and food to people. And then when I got older, helping with the purchasing and the food prep and, and all the rest. And so I'd sit, he gave free lectures every Sunday and I'd sit and listen to him talking and educating people about their health. And so how could I, with that example, not follow after that, right? And want to spread that message. So yeah, so I was raised in that healthy, you know, plant-based environment. Um, and, uh, you know, the beauty is that I ended up going off to medical school and then residency at Harvard and fellowships at Mayo and all the rest. And, um, you know, just seeing that the science radically and powerfully supports, you know, that approach to health and healthy living is just the coolest thing ever. Wow, that is amazing. So what about your dad? So there's that, you said your That's great right. granddad, your yeah, granddad yeah, yeah, yeah. and you. That's right. And so my father decided he wanted to play tennis and build tennis courts. And so mm. he built, what was really neat is he built a large 15 court tennis uh, facility with a big Olympic pool right across from the ranch. 
So we run back and forth as kids. I mean, it was a magical way to grow up, run over, play tennis, swim in the pool, come back over, peel mangoes and eat them, right? And just back and forth all day, um, just living that amazing life. And so, you know, at the foot, at the, you know, the, the, the foundation of health, right, being those two big pillars of movement and nutrition. And, uh, you know, and so that's what, uh, you know, our whole family was kind of just all about sharing and preaching that message in any capacity, whether it be through the, you know, building the tennis courts, so people could be more active and have fun uh, and sharing the message of plant-based nutrition along the way. Oh, so we're going to take a little side note and you mentioned tennis and I want to understand your tennis history <laughs> because it's quite significant as well. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Well, you know, tennis, as I mentioned a couple of times, there is in my blood. So growing up as a kid, it was like, what are you going to play tennis, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, all of our, the children, we were blessed to, you know, play competitively, uh, you know, in all the age divisions growing up. And then I played for college. And then after college, I played in the low tour a little bit. And my cousin and I were number one in the U.S. Uh, in men's open doubles in 20, 2002. Uh, wow. So uh, about 20 years ago. So it was a lot of fun. And I taught full time for, you know, a bunch of years after, even after college. Um, uh, prior to medical school. So yes, I love tennis. I love all sports. I love movement, right? I mean, it's just at the heart of it. That's what it's about. Yeah. So you must be a mean pickleball player too. <laughs> that's right. It's That's growing <laughs> fast, isn't it? That yes. is booming. Especially yeah. in your area down in oh, Florida. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness gracious. They even have their own, my husband loves pickleball. That's all. It's like, we'll come home. He's watching YouTube of pickleball. I'm like, really? You just played four hours of pickleball. Now you're watching it on YouTube. He's like, so fascinating. That technique a little sharpened. Yes. He'll be like, you know, he works from home because of the pandemic or anything like everyone else. And he's like, takes breaks and he's like moving around with his paddle. I'm like, you have a a problem. (laughs) Got a pickleball addiction. And his name is Pat. So we call, I call him Pickleball Pat. He's like, yeah. Nice. That yeah. is awesome. I love Pickleball it. Pat's where it's at. He's <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Um, anyway, so cool. That's really awesome. So um, so tennis is in your blood, movement, plant-based diet. And so do we, can we talk about your family? And so we're, since we're talking about generational, I think, I think that's pretty cool. Oh, Kids, yeah. your wife, everyone. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it's been so exciting for me. I, when I first met my wife, she really survived off of Chick-fil-A and six diet sodas, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. And, uh, I give her such great credit because hearing the message of health, watching the movies and the videos that have transformed so many people's lives now, right? So powerful, the media. Uh, and then also meeting my whole family, right? Because in my family, all the cousins, the aunts, the, you know, everybody was plant-based. So when you went to our, you know, holiday celebrations and birthday parties, et cetera, just massive amounts of plant-based foods of all kinds of varieties and types. In some people's homes, you know, it's like they're the oddball out bringing the healthy food. <laughs> in our family, it was like, if you brought something with dairy or something unhealthy, you're like, what are you doing? What, why is that here? You know, what's the deal? Uh, so it was really neat that she embraced that. It was really exciting and has gone from not being able to prepare food at all to be, make beautiful plant-based meals for our children now who are all being raised 100% plant-based. You know, we've got three young children under the age of 10 who are very energetic and playful and all 100% plant-based and uh, a delight to see, you know, because the, the, the state of the human child is a healthy state on average, right? And it should be. But unfortunately, in America today, as you know, 70% of calories consumed by children last year were ultra-processed foods. All the white flour, white sugar, oils, et cetera, all the junk food. 
And so as a result, pediatric obesity is tripled. And as a result, all these illnesses, right, whether it be upper respiratory illnesses and chronic sinusitis and skin issues, et cetera, are everywhere, right? And GI issues. I mean, kids with constipation, it's like, what is that, right? right. Uh, but the beauty is the state of the natural state of the child is that is one of health. Uh, and mm -hmm. so it's been so much fun for me to see because growing up as a kid, it was like, we never got sick unless we violated the tenets of good health. And then we ate poorly and stayed up excessively and et cetera. Oh, all of a sudden we get a sniffle or a cold. Well, than that, we never got ill. And so to see it now replay in my children only further reinforces and confirms for me the reality of the message, right? And uh, that the human body wants to be well and healthy when you give it the tools. And on average, it thrives, you know? Absolutely. If we just get out of the way, the body knows what to do, right? It's just. Yes. <laughs> and so, so how old are your kiddos? You said under 10? All three? under the age of 10. That's right. So all little ones. And, so I've got, and I've got three of them. Yeah. So 10, four, and almost two. Oh so, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So oh, lots that's of fun. energy, lots of adventure. Yes. Oh yes. Yes. Three's a good number. So you girls or boys, what do you got? I've got uh, two girls and a boy. Oh, okay. So the opposite of me, I got the girl and the two boys, but they're obviously a little older at this yeah. point, but um, that is awesome. So now as far so you have all these generations and you're still at the 10 acre ranch no so my grandfather sold that when he was 91 he decided to retire and oh, wow. uh, that's when he retired okay. and uh you know at that time i actually wasn't even in medical school so that was 20 plus years ago wow. um and so i decided uh you know at that time he sold it um so no now we're actually up in jacksonville florida where i had come to this area because i came to mayo clinic in jacksonville to do a sports fellowship and now i've been in private practice with a large orthopedic group for the last 10 years um, mm. after medical school residency and fellowships, uh, doing, uh, you know, orthopedic medicine and lifestyle interventions. And now we've got about six and a half acres right on the barrier island of Ponte Vedra Beach, about five minutes from the beach. Very exciting. Um, and we're rolling out juice, you know, kind of uh, places where people can come and get away from the world. So we have a little juice bungalow and now a juice ranch house, we call it, um, and where people can come, about 10 people or so at a time, uh, get away from the world and uh, rediscover their health you know, revitalize, reset, That's renew, awesome. refresh. Um, so it's a lot of fun to do. And then of course, I do a lot of online stuff as well. You were kind enough to join uh, with mm -hmm. some of our groups and uh, mm -hmm. sort of online work to help motivate and inspire people and hold their hands and guide them a bit as they transition to healthier food. Very cool. Well, let's talk about what you do on a day-to-day -day basis with your work, because I would think sports medicine is be very interested in what you have to offer and your knowledge and because of recovery and your experience as an athlete yourself. So can you talk us through how this um, actually is helpful in your type of practice? It goes so hand in hand. I mean, as you know, really in every field of medicine, plant-based nutrition should be the foundation of the, the healthy conversations. Uh, but it goes beautifully with orthopedic interventions because you know the majority of people see me for either pain, or loss of function, right, or loss of performance, and on occasion for prevention. Uh, but especially when it comes to pain, there's a huge component of pain that's related to cellular inflammation and biomechanical abnormalities. Uh, so the number one bio biomechanical abnormality in humans, of course, is obesity, right? Which as we know, carrying that extra weight wears out the joints. So one pound above the knees is three to 10 on each knee. Right? Wow. So the person who is obese or the BMI above 30 increases the risk of a near hip replacement by 500%. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, it's, it's radical when you look at the literature. And so wow. not only the true just biomechanical forces 
but also the fact that that belly fat releases adipokines, right? These inflammatory molecules that circulate and damage the chondrocytes, which are the cartilage layer on the end of your joints. So you get end up with these chondrocytes that should be getting good, healthy perfusion. And instead they're getting toxicity. They're getting toxic garbage spewed onto them by the blood vessels. And it literally inflames, degenerates and breaks down the cartilage. And so this sort of degenerative pathway can be nipped in the bud by enhancing perfusion, which of course is all the deep green, red, blue, and purple fruits and vegetables we consume that dilate the blood vessels through nitric oxide pathways. But then we reduce inflammation by reducing the weight and reducing adipokine production, then reducing arachidonic acid pathways, right? Because arachidonic acid being that parent molecule, the prostaglandins that cause inflammation. And arachidonic acid, of course, is all the meat, dairy, refined foods, and that melts away. So it's so much fun. Like, I mean, I had a guy the other day, he's 81 years old, right? There's sports medicine for you, but he came in because of orthopedic issues for his knees. And he came to see me and he had big swollen legs. He had diabetic neuropathies. His had blood sugars in the morning were like 150. Blood pressure is 160s. His legs are swollen. He has knee pain. And I said, look, I'd like four weeks of your life. Give me four mm -hmm. weeks of your life. And he said, okay. You know? And mm -hmm. I gave him my four week little detox that I give people. And he did it. 100% plant-based, salt, oil, sugar-free. And he came back after one month, he lost 32 pounds. His legs, the blood, the, all the, you know, sort of edema in his legs gone completely. His wife, who's in her late 70s, is like, I haven't seen legs like that for decades, you know? And he's like, look at my legs. And he's pulling his pant legs up, showing me his legs. His blood pressures were now 110s in the systolic. His wow. blood sugars in the mornings were 90s. His knee pain was completely gone. And his diabetic neuropathies in his legs were gone. Amazing. And he looks at me and he goes, you know what's the coolest thing? He goes, I usually volunteer at a golf course as one of the guys to walk the course and start people out. I had to stop because of my knee pain. I took another job. He said, but I just talked to my boss. I'm going back out again. Aww. So it was like, well, that's what we're talking about. A lot of people think, you know, oh, sports medicine, orthopedics, just nothing about these elite athletes, et cetera. Sure. I see some Olympians and things like that too. But the reality is for all of us, our sport is our life often. And the fun and the adventures we're having. Like you, I know you love to hike and go on the mountains. I see your Instagram posts. Everybody should follow you on Instagram <laughs> and see it. And it's just, you know, it's so cool to see people being active like you are. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we really want at the heart of it, right? You and I, to get people out living their best, most vital life. And so, you know, doing the plant-based approach is so exciting because inflammation drops, blood flow enhances, pain reduces. What's crazy too if, for example, you have hyperlipidemia, elevated cholesterol, you have higher rates of rotator cuff tears, Achilles tendon ruptures, and re-tears after surgery. The oh, studies all show this. There are studies. Yeah, I know, isn't it crazy? It's like when you start really looking at the literature, you're like, wow, they already researched this? Why does nobody talk about this? You know? But the reality is, yes, our tendons need blood flow, and they get teensy, tiny little arteries that feed them. And if you're eating the high fat, high cholesterol meals, they inhibit blood flow and immediately they dry up. And now the tendon gets a little injury. It can't heal because it doesn't get good nutrition and oxygen. And then it degenerates more. You get a tendonitis and then ba 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 and there's your tear. Mm. And so, so cool, you know? So to me, what I do is, A, pain reduction. Let's do the plant-based approach, right? For these people. B, you want to enhance your healing after an injury. No, oh, we need to do this. C, oh, you want to heal after your surgery that's coming up. Oh, we got to get you on the plant-based program, right? And so it's every single patient, essentially, as well as the ones who just say, I just want to get off these dumb drugs I'm on. I'm tired of being on six medications. How did I, you know, most of us, when we were 20, 
It wasn't like, oh, I hope I get on six medications by the time I'm 54. That's one of my goals. So it's like, what are we doing, right? And so the cool thing is when they hear the message and you, you, you try to get them excited for a couple of weeks, as you know, the power of feeling good is so powerful. So so much fun to integrate it on every level. Now, day to day, right? I do everything from generalized physical evaluations, diagnostic work, musculoskeletal ultrasound, injections of joints. I do platelet-rich plasma. I do stem cells. I even do acupuncture I'm trained in. I do a whole host of you know, sort of procedural things for patients all day. And then I integrate the best lifestyle interventions with it. Mm. A lot of fun. Well, I'm going to know, I know I'm going to get comments and questions about what is in your four-week program specifically, because that's always what happens. People zoom in on like, okay, tell me what's, what are you telling them to eat exactly? So, I mean, quite simply, it's unlimited quantities of fruits, vegetables, beans, rice, and sweet potatoes written together in nice little recipes with pretty photos with a guide exactly what to eat. Uh, You know, the reality is, I think for your viewers out there is that the message is very clear. The heart of success is consuming predominantly, if not only, minimally processed whole plant-based foods, right? And moving gently and progressively increasing that movement as guided by symptoms, pain, and function. But somehow, I love it. My grandfather decades ago wrote this article and in it, he essentially used, he's like, there is a profound simplicity in this approach. But unfortunately, most people are so unimpressed by the simplicity of it, they can't believe it can be so profound. But that's, that's the so truth. True. Yes, yes that's is. the truth. You know, people think that there must be some exotic thing from the Amazon superfood, blah, 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 <laughs> cultured and prepared in this way by a PhD in a white coat who only, it's like, no, no. The secret sauce mm-hmm. is actually the tip of your fingers, feet, and forks. And it's what you do every meal, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, the beauty of that is we all can do it. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's the Absolutely. awesome thing about it. You know? Gotcha. All right. So you mentioned fruits, veggies, rice, and sweet potatoes as and a basis. Beans and legumes. And beans as well, yeah. and legumes. So okay. all of the lower calorie density, micro dense foods without all of the added oils, salts, refined sugars, et cetera. Processed foods. Per- yeah, which and on is average, exactly what we preach. That's right. Yes. And on average, men lose 20 to 40 pounds in one month. Women lose 15 wow. to 25. On average, 80% of people get off their blood pressure and blood sugar medications. And there's an average of 30% reduction in cholesterol in one month. And Maybe. so that's across the board. And joint pain improves on average 30 to 90%, depending upon the extent of arthritis, the severity of it, et cetera. Um, But back pain, right? Everything, all of the joints radically improve. Remember, if you've got impaired blood flow to your spine, you have accelerated spinal degeneration. Studies show if you see on an x-ray atherosclerosis of the aorta, the person's more likely to have chronic back pain and degeneration. So again, all about perfusion and blood flow. Studies show also if a person has atherosclerotic calcifications on x-ray, they're more likely to have osteoporosis. So mm. osteoporosis feeds off of inadequate blood flow, right? I mean, it's like you're sucking the bones. They don't get enough. They're dehydrating almost, you know? So mm. I was going to really, ask you about the osteoporosis. I feel like that's an under-discussed, in our, in our world at least, I, I, you know, especially because this is really begins in childhood. That's an issue here. Yep. What would you recommend for someone who is older and understanding now they have osteoporosis? What, what are your recommendations for that? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I think is to make sure you have an adequate workup 
So you've been evaluated for all of the different abnormalities, right? Is there a significant anemia, your thyroid's off, your vitamin D is low, your calcium's dysfunctional, your parathyroids are dysfunctional, your generalized hormones are totally erratic or off. Because there are some rare, bizarre, unique things that happen or just run-of-the-mill things like hypothyroidism, uh, you know, et cetera. And so the first thing is to evaluate all of those basic labs. Get a good workup by some of the people from plant-based telehealth would be mm -hmm. a good way to do it. We do a um, lot of yep, that, I yes. love it. Get that full evaluation by the awesome team that's there. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, right, kind of come up with a game plan based on those. If all of the numbers are totally normal, okay, well, are there other things you're doing that may be contributing, whether it be a less than ideal diet, whether it be inadequate weight-bearing exercise, whether it be excessive quantities of salt, right? Remembering mm -hmm. that high NA plus displaces CA plus, right? The calcium, because they're both cations. So the high salt diet ends up leading to leaching of calcium out of your body, if you will, to balance out the, the anions in our body. Um, so looking at how much salt you're consuming, how much caffeine you're consuming, right? Excessive quantities of that, that can lead to increased diuresis of your calcium. Um, so, you know, getting a good game plan with your team, with your physician who's motivated and focused on all these things with you. Uh, the next thing is movement, is exercise. So women on average lose, for example, 1% of bone mineral density after the age of 35 per year, right? It kind of just slowly come down. Uh, well, it turns out if you exercise regularly, you can actually gain 1% per year, right? So you can offset some of those negative effects. I also make sure that people don't just focus on the number. Right? So the very immobile individual who's at high, who's walking with a stutter step and has no balance, you know, et cetera, I'm far worried, more worried about their bone density if it's osteoporotic than the person who is a flourishing, active person with great balance who ballroom dances and is doing Tai Chi and yoga and all these other things on a regular basis. Because the majority of us do not get compression fractures in the back or fractures in the hip unless we fall or unless there is some un inappropriate heavy lifting event. So the well-intentioned 68-year-old woman who's osteoporotic slender white female who goes to move a massive planter in her backyard, right, or lifts lots of heavy boxes, that's a poor choice, right? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Mm -hmm. Rather use good mechanics, right? Use the little dolly or get mm -hmm. some young, you know, young buck who's 20 mm -hmm. years old to come on over and give him 10 bucks to move your planter. Mm -hmm. um, because we can't afford those compression fractures that lead to problems. Mm -hmm. So strengthening all the muscles, working on balance and coordination and reaction time. Mm -hmm. Like to your viewers, when's the last time you took a ball, stood on one foot and tossed it against a wall and caught it for two minutes or stood with your loved one and just tossed a ball in the front yard for five mm -hmm. or six minutes where you had to kind of reach off to the side and grab it, reach off to the side and grab it, mm -hmm. right? And kind of changing direction. These are so crucial to prevent injury you know, for us. Um, so yeah, so a lot of different things there, right. To kind of focus in on hone in on, uh, but a lot of people, unfortunately, especially past generations, uh, I'm going to, you know, ladies in particular were remiss in not being comfortable doing strength training exercise. It just wasn't part of the culture. They weren't encouraged to do it. Or some women felt like, well, if I exercise like that, I'll get too bulky, right? Even women now in their forties to sixties, I don't want to get a lot of bulk on my body muscular bulk. Well, the reality is we need to push the muscles hard in order to build bone. So just, I see people all the time. Are you exercising regularly? Uh, oh yeah, I, I go for a walk three days a week. It's like, yeah, that's, that's great if you wanna just be old and be able to walk a little. 
but that's not going to cut it if you want to be able to pick up the grandkids and swing them around, if you want to be able to move your house, if you want to be able to play pickleball, right? If you want to be able to do these things, you want to be able to walk up the stairs in a quick, you know, brisk trot or, you know, so on and so forth, run across the street, right, to avoid cars. So I think it's crucial every day we should all be moving in some way and we should be challenging our body a little bit more, a little differently. So the common excuses are I have a bum knee. Well, it's like, well, what about all the other 700 muscles you have, right? Uh, you know, avoid that knee and work everything else mm-hmm. know, is the key. Mm-hmm. There's always modifications that can be done mm-hmm. always. Yeah. I had a, a lady that was really fun. Um, we were always looking, always how to implement these healthy habits. So, you know, using behavior economics and design and all these things, all the tricks that you learn. And I was like, okay, where is five minutes in your day? You do something every single day, regardless of where you're located. She goes, I brew my tea. I'm like, okay, how long does that take? Five minutes. I'm like, all right, what can you do? Like maybe some push-ups against the counter or something while you're doing your tea. She goes, okay, I could do that. So she started out, she's like, I could barely do two, but now she's up to like 60. Love it, love it. And I was like, you need to be dropping to the ground here and giving yourself a little bit more on the ground. A major Marvis is talking here. Let's go. You know, it's really oh, cute. She's it. like showing me her guns. I'm like, there's some serious guns you got there. It. Good job. You know, yeah. she's in her 60s. Yeah. And it's just that progressive overload, just like you're describing. Sure. So I think that's fabulous. You're exactly right. What about other elements of lifestyle medicine, you know, there's movement in the food, but other things that you can speak to to help us with like sleep or other things, stress reduction, things like that. Right. You know, so many people in America, they struggle with adequate uh, and restorative sleep. Uh, And it's because the majority of us have very disordered sleep habits. You know, so going back to that basic concept of sleep hygiene is so crucial. Uh, You know, and so many of us forget about that. You know, we are diurnal animals. We are meant to be sleeping when it is dark. We are meant to be up when the sun is up. We have a whole system in our brains that's tied into that and we disorganize it. Like, for example, the nurses and the women in the nurses health study, right? The nurses who work the most night shifts have the highest rates of breast cancers and depression and heart disease, et cetera. Well, Well, that's because all the restoration is not going on and it's tied to that darkness phase in our life. So I encourage everybody to stop first and just go to the 30,000 foot view of their life and look down and say, how am I doing with that sleep? Oh, wow, look at that. I'm staying up till one watching Netflix, the latest edition of Tiger, whatever, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, and, you know, so on and so forth. And, or, oh, wow, I'm, I'm staying up. I'm eating right, right before bedtime, right? In a very stressed fashion. Or, oh, I'm looking at my cell phone and I'm looking at, you know, CNN and Fox News right before bedtime, right? You know, stuff that's going to get you all riled up and, you know, internally, emotionally, psychologically, So it's crucial to remember that, you know, what you're doing can either prepare you for good sleep or impair that process. So we know that, for example, getting some sunlight in your eyes every day, if possible, right? Being outdoors a little bit helps with restorative sleep at night. We know that, you know, no caffeine after about two, three or 4 p.m. at the latest, right? We know that getting some exercise prior to five or 6 p.m., you know, so crucial to help with this process of sleep initiation, uh, you know, so all these different factors. And of course, then there are things that can help as well, like some high dose magnesiums, right? Or a little melatonin or some valerian or different types of teas or things like that. But the first place to start is review your sleep hygiene, right? Start there and check off all the ones you're doing well on and circle the ones you're not. 
and then make a plan to address the ones where you can improve. I noticed that for myself, where I'd be in my bedroom on my cell phone looking at the news before bedtime, and then I'd be laying there tossing and turning, or I'd have all these crazy dreams and wake disrupted. It's like, what are you doing? Right. And so simply turning the phone off as I walk into my bedroom, putting on airplane mode, not going to touch it, right? And doing some deep breathing, a little spiritual reading, spending a little quiet time with my wife, immediately much better, more restorative sleep. So, you know, we've got to remember we each are the CEOs of our health. You know, we're not just leafs. So many people right now, they're like, I'm a leaf, I'm a leaf. Oh, this happened and over here. Well, now then this, the kids, this, and the, the job, this, and the, oh my goodness, the me, oh. You know, it's like, whoa, whoa. It can't be that you're in a storm your entire life. You've got to stop. You got to fly above the storm for a minute, look down and say, okay, I see the storm moving that way. How can I move myself out of that, right? And, and that's that whole concept as you talk about, I'm, I know all the time, right? Of that channel factor in your life, right? To direct it so that you're prepared you're ready, you're lined up your life so you can live the healthiest, best life. But, but certainly the chronic stress is another part, right? Um, and so for many of us, we live in a state of chronic stress. As they say, in the old days, the tiger would chase us. Now we live in a cage with a tiger, mm -hmm. right? Every single thing and day is just, oh, 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 oh. you know, the boss, the, 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 the car, the this, the that, you know, somebody's talking to me, ah, you know, just nonstop. And uh, so I'd encourage people, to stop feeding that. So for example, no more watching all of the scary movies, no more mm -hmm. watching all of the police shows, mm -hmm. but rather actually to put something calming and genteel and you know, relaxing and restorative into your mind mm -hmm. and your heart. Mm -hmm. you know? So I think that's- oh, I have really very strict rules about what I allow myself to watch because yeah. I am got a very creative mind and very active at night. So yeah. when I was deployed overseas, <clears throat> to the Middle East, I had some of the worst nightmares of my entire life. And the moment I got home and I got back in my normal environment, they went away. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, in other times in my life. So I totally get that. I had another gentleman, when you speak to about what you're feeding into your mind and stuff was he would come in and he'd be so angry, right? I was like, you know, what is wrong? Like, why are you so, uh, you know, he's like, I watch that news every day and I just get so angry. I was like, turn right. off the television. And he just yeah. stood there for a minute and he's like, you know, I can. I was like, yes, yes, you can. Right. You know, they're, they're, the whole point of news is to get you hooked on what's the next exciting or scary thing. Yeah. That's how they get you to tune in. And so they're hijacking your brain. The world is not the same as you see in this television, I, I guarantee it. So yeah, I was at a uh, lecture by the Dalai Lama. Very interesting. Mm. Oh, cool. And, uh, and there was this other yogi who was speaking to the Dalai Lama in front of the audience and who'd done all this research on the influence of media on depression, anxiety, et cetera. And it was very fascinating because they said, this was their argument. They said, we believe that the neural system, the nervous system of the human is essentially evolved or created to be able to tolerate the stressors of a village. At maximum, the stressors from about 200 to 300 people. Mm. And we are not intended to be able to cope with, engage in, manifest, whatever, deal with what many of us are engaged with, especially in the adolescent developing mind, but also in the adults. So I thought that was fascinating because they were calling, of course, for a media fast intermittently that you would do, but it was fascinating for me to think about, well, what are we doing, for example, to children 
when we're talking about global warming and about crime in the middle in this and this in the Middle East and recycling here and plastics in the ocean and da 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 and da 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 plus get your papers done and are you on the team and da da and because while it's crucial that we understand what's going on beyond so that we can be part of an answer to it. Okay, but how many of the things that we're aware of are we actually intentionally addressing in a meaningful way? So like all the stuff that's going on in the news right now, the media is what, am I gonna do anything about it at all really? Probably not, except for stress my mind out like crazy. And maybe every couple of years vote for someone who I think is gonna probably try to address it. But otherwise, it's, there's a fine line, right? Where it's, and so I think each of us need to know our own fine line. But the problem is most of us don't look in and know ourselves well enough. Right. And so, for example, for me, I was like, yeah, I'm looking at all this stuff on the media and I'm doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So why am I doing it then? Mm-hmm. So I think I feel like we all need to heal ourselves, you know, emotionally and psychologically be prepared in a place where we can say, I now have extra energy to expend towards something else. And now you start looking out beyond yourself. But if your life is in chaos already and you can't even put three meals that are healthy back to back together, should you really be caring about what's going on in the Middle East right now? That's my concern. You know, that so many people, so they, because they're chronically sick, unwell, inflamed and degenerating, and yet they're not even addressing that. Because for me, I don't think that being healthier, eating, I don't think that eating a plant-based diet is the end goal. The end goal is to be vitally healthy so you can be the best version of you, whether that be a news anchor, a politician, a janitor, a tennis coach, a doctor, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. a mother, a father, a sister, a cousin, but our health is the foundation of our ability to be those best versions of us. Mm-hmm. But if we never even achieve our own health, we can definitely never achieve you know, beyond that to our fullest potential, because we're going to be busy dealing with illnesses and sicknesses and fatigue and diseases, medications and doctors visits, et cetera, that may never have needed to exist. So anyway, kind of an interesting train of thought. No, uh, I think that's fabulous. I think it's a, it's a wonderful way of looking at this, right? Because I, we didn't have a television for two years. I loved it. My husband on the other hand, he likes, like we were talking about earlier before we started pickleball and watching YouTube. And so we bought one, but we never watch the news. It's on occasion we'll watch movies um, and his pickleball. Otherwise, I'm never engaged with the television. Yep. Um, if I figure something's going to massively happen, I will find out. <laughs> Someone's yep. going to text me or do something, you right. know. Of course, the pandemic changed a few things. I still didn't watch a lot of the news because I just didn't want it involved with, I just will read, go to the CDC or whatever. But yeah, you're exactly right. This, what are we with our kids? But, you know, it's, and then I think about different people, like you mentioned, you know, the Middle East. Well, I was in the Middle East, right? I, my husband was in the Middle East. So my kids grew up in an environment where their, their parents were in these places. And I think about, um, you know, think about military families and they have some of the highest rates of divorce, um, highest rates of suicide. And, you know, I, it really, when, when I knew I had to get out, I I served four years active duty. And when I had a young mother who had literally a four month old infant, and she was told within 24 hours, she was going to Afghanistan for a year. Mm -hmm. And she's sitting in my office because you have to do a a pre um, before they get sent off 
um, on the deployment, you have to do a pre-deployment and physical. Yeah. And I'm sitting there talking to her and we're both in tears. And I'm thinking to myself, is this worth this? I don't, I can't take this. And she's the one leaving this baby, you know, behind. And yeah, I, I, you do wonder about all these different things and um, what's the fine balance, right? I, I, you know, my kids are, Emily will be 28 next week. She's a physician. I have a 25 year old, 23 year old. And I'm sitting here going, parenting adults is hard. Um, way harder than little kids in my mind, right. <laughs> um, even more so than teenagers, because you have zero control. They do what they do. So it's this balance. You know, I look back over time that 30,000 viewed a parenting rearview mirror, and you're like, what did we do well? And what could we have done better? Just out of, you know, just an exercise of caution to others that you can teach <laughs> from experience. And, uh, you know, it is that balance. It's like giving them just what they need at that time to grow and become more independent and thoughtful humans as we, right. you know, they enter a world that's a, a different challenges than what we had to deal with, at least in my generation. Right. And so um, really fascinating. I love that train of thought. I love talking about that stuff. I, I don't, I don't think we sit back and think about things very much. We're like you said, we're always reacting, right? Right. Well, I feel like we each have only so much energy in a given day. And so the decision is about where is that energy going to be spent? And so I know for me, I'm a very emotional person. And Mm. so I've learned that now over time about myself that I have to channel factor my life to avoid scenarios and situations that will create unnecessary conflict or rob me of my emotional energy and give me nothing in return. So it's like, how much energy do I have today to pour out, right? So, you know, I've got this cup, right? So there's my emotional or my total energy for the day, neurologically, where am I going to spend it? Mm-hmm. You know, where am I going to spend it? And, yeah. and I think that's something worth thinking about. Like if your cup is totally full and overflowing, you've got lots to pour out. Great. Keep pouring out, mm-hmm. you know, and, and chase this and do that. Like a lot of people say to me, wow, you're seeing people in clinic doing night things, leading this retreat, da, 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 doing lectures. Well, yeah, because that's my energy for that is very high, right? And, uh, but again, we all need to know our, you know, how our cup is. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you know. Well, we always push to the boundary, right? There's, there's no margin. And we put our kids in this position all the time. They're in six different after-school activities. Right. They're right. trying to do their homework and you get upset if they don't, aren't the best at everything and, you know, way too much stress. And, yes. you know, if your kid wants to do one sport, great, you know, but don't try compounding. You have to take these, you have to do that. Right. Ah, it's so much, but I agree on 100%. We have to say no, it's okay to say no and give yourself margin in your life to do the things that you love and have the energy to take care of yourself and take care of others. It's, it's so very important, but people don't understand. You can say no, it's okay. Right. Well, it's so strange to me, you know, because every once in a while, if I leave my cell phone somewhere, you know, I go outside and I sit by some trees or play with the kids or whatever. And the weirdest thing is that when I come back, the world is still there. Really? Yeah, it's bizarre. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, it's, it's like I stopped because you and I both were raised in a time when cell phones didn't exist. Right. And, you know, our, my children will never know that time, right? Mm-hmm. Your children probably never knew that time. And mm-hmm. it's like that cell phones weren't around where people are walking around looking at them, having constant access to stuff, et cetera. Like it used to be like you were in line at the supermarket, right? And you were stuck either reading the random stuff there, looking at your own produce or talking to the person behind you or next to you. And instead, everybody, you know, people get on the elevator, right? And they pop out their cell phone and they're like this. 
instead of, hey, my name is so and so, what's going on? You know, blah, blah, blah. I love your tie. Hey, your shoes. What are you going? You know, da, da, da. you see the game, you know, whatever. It's so interesting. You know, so I would challenge all your viewers to try to almost take it back 20, 30, 40 years <laughs> every once in a while in their lives, right? Like you mm -hmm. said, you know, shut the TV off, shut the electronics off, and be present in the true world in the true right. world, which is what's right here around us. And if right. each one of us made this incredible effort to make right here the best it could be, if everyone did that, the world would be a totally different place. Oh my goodness, wouldn't it? I mean, I can't, who was I talking to earlier? I've talked to so many, you're like my sixth Zoom interaction today. <laughs> um, we, were, we were talking about, um, yeah, just, humans in general oh yeah it was earlier the a business meeting and just thinking about exactly you know why why humans why humans why are we causing pain among to each other right especially in the people around you why don't we uh, just try to work and get along and take care of one another and loving it just it just blows my mind because you can see nature do it they do their thing but we just consistently are making it harder. Like, why should anyone be not fed in this country? Why right. should anyone be homeless in this country? Right. And I'm just sitting here going, there is no reason. There is no reason other than, yeah. uh, anyway, I get off. That just gets me really going. Um, yeah. But I but think you, that, what you're, yeah. that, that goes hand in hand with the approach of a, a plant-based program. Because I mean, mm. I really feel like the awareness of what we're doing and how it affects the world around us is, is, is what you're talking about there, right? right. And, and the food, as we know, you and I know so well, radically influences our personal health, our societal health and well-being, plant, you know, animal health, and the planetary health. I mean, clearly, on every level, the decisions we make are radically powerful. I think that's what's cool about the message of a plant-based nutrition, though. And that's why I think it resonates the most with the people who become the most sentient, the most aware, right? Mm -hmm. That they begin to be like, yeah, I can do better here. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny in our society right now, there's all this mentality of like, love yourself where you are. And it's like, well, you should always love yourself, but if you're in a bad place or if you're not healthy or you're not like, if you're, you know, you're shooting up heroin, like you shouldn't mm -hmm. love the fact that you're shooting up heroin. You should be like, mm -hmm. this is really bad for me. I need to change this. I'm making poor decisions. Right. right. It's time for me to, I've got to get help. Right. And, and if you just love yourself where you are, like mm -hmm. you'll never change. Right. But sometimes changing yourself is the greatest act of love. Mm -hmm. So, so crucial for the people who are stuck in patterns of less than ideal nutrition to love themselves with food that loves them back. Right. This is the reality. Absolutely. But then that I, loves the environment and that loves the planet and that, you know, it's just boop, 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 boop. No, I, I think uh, that's exactly right. Right. So it's, it's really phenomenal to me or interesting that I have, I'll have patients who will try the plant-based diet and then they get blown out of the water because they go to some restaurant or they go and visit family. They, they said the food is not available. I was like, listen, I've been to rural Africa and ate a whole food plant-based diet. I've been all over this place and I guarantee you in Ohio, <laughs> here is a grocery store you can go buy this food and but they get so wrapped up in what other people are thinking about them that they allow them and these people honestly probably don't even care they could really care less i think we we think people worry more about what we're doing than they really do seriously it's okay to take care of yourself but getting back to the point you just said that ripple effect 
one of my favorite patient stories was this was, oh gosh, five or six years ago. And I was running a lifestyle medicine clinic in the evenings in a, in a city of Grand Junction, Colorado, on the western side of Colorado, over those Rocky Mountains. And this, at the end of our 12-week program, she, you know, we were having patients share their stories because it was a group, you know, group visits, things like that. And she said, you know, a couple of things have happened for me. She goes, for the first time, she lost 40 pounds, were, you know, felt better, was sleeping better. Her mood was better. Her depression improved. And she goes, I walked into this um, department store. I have to go to my cousin's wedding. And, you know, usually I would hide. I'd grab something off the rack and try it on at home and usually cry because I didn't like how I looked or I just felt over, you know, just judged because I didn't feel good in my skin. She goes, but I walked into that dressing room and dressing rooms have notoriously horrible lighting. Why they do that and want to sell something, it's beyond me. But anyway, for women, the lighting's got to be better. <laughs> so, but she goes, I tried on these dresses and I liked them so much. I bought two dresses and I'm like, that's fantastic. And she goes, but beyond that, I have now energy to spend with my family after work. My relationship with my husband's better. My relationship with my kids is better. I'm more present in their lives. And now that's equating, you know, the ripple effect is that my family's in better moods. We got better relationships. And now that's extending to our parents, to our colleagues. And, you know, she says like, and I want to become a health coach because now I can see the power of literally it all started with changing what was on the end of her fork and these amazing ripple effects. It wasn't her life, but it was her kid's life her everyone. So, but just, I, that story just so stuck with me and it was amazing. Absolutely. I I mean, that's, that's such a beautiful, you know, example of someone who, was ready, right? Was in that mm. state and you brought them along their journey and just, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I still remember growing up as a kid, I'd go like to Home Depot and I, I was probably in my twenties by this time. And somebody would come up to me and be like, you're an Esther, aren't you? And I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, my grandmother stayed at your grandfather's ranch. When she came back, she never ate the same <laughs> again. And it changed our entire family. So oh, we wow. all eat fruits and vegetables and blah, blah, blah. And that's the good reminder for your viewers is that we each have our own circles of influence. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Marbus and I have our own circles of influence. Each of you listening has your own circles of influence mm-hmm. that we'll never know, we'll never meet, we'll never talk to perhaps, et cetera, but you can. And the decision you have to make is, what is your legacy gonna be? Are you gonna be that person who is the uplifting, the positive, the motivational, the encouraging, the health-minded, the inspirational, member of the family, or are you going to be the negative Nelly, the down and out, the chronically ill, the chronically sick? So I tell people who do my four-week virtual program, I'll go, I always go, this may not even be about you. You think this program's about you. It may not even be about you. Maybe about your husband, your wife, your grandmother, your cousins, your nieces, your nephews, your grandkids, who knows? But somebody else that when you get healthy, their life changes. I mean, that's deep. You know what I mean? Because there are going to be times for all of us, we don't want to eat healthy. It's too much work. It's too hard. Oh, you know, the work, the preparation, the finding the food. The, and yet it's, and we don't want to do the exercise. I want to stay in bed, you know, it's a, but it's like, wait, this may not be about you. Right. So it's kind of like, that gets me the times when I'm like, oh, something, something, something. Immediately I go, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. What about your kids? What about your wife? What about your patients? What about the example of other people? What about, it's like, yeah, this isn't about me. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Get, get, get yeah. out of bed. 
No, I agree. It's I that social contagion is so interesting. There, mm-hmm. there's um, his it's left me at the moment. The doctor who's done some research on that, but these you know, when you go back to the Framingham studies and seeing how obesity is contagious up to, you know, three people removed. So for example, my husband's boss could affect my health, you know, through some different, uh, anyway, you could, we should read about right. it. Uh, the book, anyway, look up social contagion. There's a cool Love YouTube it. video about it, but that's exactly right. So when we think about as physicians, right? So I didn't switch to a plant-based diet for my own health. I did it because I was convinced by the evidence and a patient experience a decade ago. And now I look back, even just on those 10 years that I've been doing this, and I'm, you see the ramifications, not only in my husband's health, who lost 70 pounds, my kids who are now plant-based and my daughter, who is a physician, who is now going to also affect uh, thousands of patients that she sees hundreds of thousands over her lifetime as a physician. And I really feel physicians are, should be the center of this because we have right panels like primary care doctors, 2000 patients easily on a typical primary care doctor's panel. If one doctor does that and you're affecting a significant portion of those lives, then, I mean, it's just like rapid wildfire, right? Right, It's just so important. Uh, right. Well, and that's where we get into the other sad realities of medicine, isn't it? Right. Uh, you know? Yeah. So the sad, uh, disappointing stuff, you know, but which is true, right? That we don't learn it in medical school. We don't get paid for it by insurance. And, you know, those are some big factors for a lot of people, unfortunately. But that's where well, I know you're working so hard to transform <laughs> yes. the system, yes. uh, which is so exciting, right? And uh, yes. along with the people, right, I give talks for medical students via Zoom and things like that, right? Like, yep. We try to inspire and encourage the next generation. And, and I think wherever your viewers are in their lives, right, whether mm-hmm. it be as PhDs in blank or whether it be as in mm-hmm. electricians or whatever, is having a powerful effect where you are. Uh, right. You know, because like you said, the social contagion of it uh, can be incredibly powerful, right? Putting on challenges, right? In your group, let's all go plant-based wherever you work for three weeks and see what happens and donate money to blank or, you know, whatever. I mean, uh, these little cool things uh, really are powerful, are radical for a lot of people. So Yeah, I mean, you can be a teacher in your second grade class and teach right? kids all about different foods and different things. And then you never know. You know, yes. and kids will influence their parents buying decisions. So if they're right. coming home and saying, I don't want this, I want apples, I want this, I want to grow this, that will change their parents' health. So everyone can be an influencer, like you said. Yes. We all have our circle of influence. That's a really phenomenal way of um thinking about it. And I'm very excited to see that. But I also know I've almost kept you an hour. I feel like we could talk for a very long time. Anytime. And- <laughs> I'm always happy to come back. <laughs> Absolutely. So, but where can people find you and, you know, your, I know we're going to have our links and stuff, but I'd love for you to just kind of share with us, like what you have to offer, where people can connect and, and things sure. like that, please. Well, the most basic place to find out a little bit about what I'm doing and about my history and such is esserhealth.com on the internet. I also post little videos, little uplifting, encouraging things, and little posts of what I'm eating and recipes and uh, articles and things like that on uh, Esser Health on Instagram or Facebook. It cross pollinates, uh, and then other a couple other social media channels as well. But Esser Health is the handle throughout there. 
And um, so, yeah, we'd love to have anybody come join us and hang out on those areas and venues. And then we're doing things like uh, I have a four-week virtual program where people can sign up. They, they get a four-week detox PDF. They get a, you know, these uh, tracking sheets. They get an email every day. They get Zoom calls with awesome people like you and myself, et cetera, twice a week on different topics. So you learn the science of plant-based nutrition and heart disease, plant-based nutrition and diabetes, plant-based nutrition and obesity, plant-based nutrition and cancer, so on and so forth. Like tonight, I'm giving a talk later on label reading, on how to read labels effectively and make good decisions, healthy decisions in the store. Um, and then also um, we do in-person stuff, like I mentioned, where people can come and juice and detoxify and learn about healthy living with lecture series here at Esser's Ranch. And that's, again, you can find that on EsserHealth.com. Uh, and then we'll also do every once in a while some beach retreats. We rent out a big place and about 20, 30 people at a time stay on some beaches halfway between here in St. Augustine, Florida. Uh, and they get fitness and nutrition and lectures and it's fun times. Yeah, so St. Augustine's a nice place too. Yeah. <clears throat> really, really cool. Um, yeah, and check out their website, guys. And there's, I think it's in your about section and you can actually download like some old circulars from oh, yeah. your great, your granddad and That's stuff. Right. These are so interesting. And there was some quotes on there too that I was like, oh, that's really good. Anyway, I, you guys check it out. It's a really interesting website and some cool stuff that you're doing. So thank you for all that you're doing and continuing the legacy of your Esther heritage. Wow, what a blessing for you and your family to be a part of. I, it's like the Esselstyns, you know, I interviewed Rip and his granddad helped found the Cleveland Clinic. I'm like a great granddad. I was like, just amazing people. And then just see generational right. uh, changes. It's just, it's just so cool. So thanks again for everything you're doing. And um, it's, it'll be fun to connect again for sure. Well, thanks for letting me join you. Always my pleasure. All right. Thanks for watching, and I hope you enjoyed that video. Before you go, though, please hit the subscribe button and the alert button so you will be notified whenever we upload any new videos. On Monday, we upload the Healthy Human Revolution podcast. Now, if you'd rather listen to the podcast, you can find it on all the major platforms such as iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and even Spotify. Now, if you're looking for more resources on how to start a plant-based diet, sustain a plant-based diet, exercise, recipes, anything regarding wellness, we've got you covered. Check out HealthyHumanRevolution.com. And again, thanks for watching.